What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth, talking all things transfers. Please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms to our show, Talking Transfers, and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, and at Graham Bailey. 90min.com forward slash Talking Transfers is where you can find all of the latest from the team at 90min who are covering everything that's happening across Europe's major clubs. And there's a lot to sink our teeth into on today's episode. I'm joined, obviously, by Toby and Graham. Graham, busy man, busy time. Yeah, it's it's only May, but it feels like the summer already. We're getting a lot of stuff coming through, as we'll discuss today. But yeah, fine, fine an end to the Jude Bellingham. Um, is it an maybe. end? Is it an end? Um, maybe for the time being, we won't stop. So the thing about when someone goes to Real, though, there's going to be a lot less. Um, if if and when he goes to Real, um, a lot less linking back. Maybe two or three years. Maybe two years before we start linking him to City in a return to England, maybe. Yes, uh, Toby. How is things on your end? Good, good. The relegation picture seems to be clearing up for West Ham. We're not safe yet, but I've got good faith that Sam Allardyce's appointment at Leeds and the fact that the other teams below West Ham are pretty terrible uh, will see us safe, and we can look forward to maybe winning the Conference League. Who knows? So, what's the who's left? You got Fiorentina in the in the opposite side of the draw. We've got- AZ Alkmaar in a two-legged semi-final and then Fiorentina or Basel in the final. So winnable. Mm-hmm. It is winnable. Basel, who we beat on the way to our European final, TC. Indeed. <laughs> I was actually at a bar in London at the weekend and there was a, a tribe of Fiorentina fans shouting in Italian in London uh, as every goal went in as Fiorentina <laughs> scored on that Sunday afternoon. At the same time, or just after Liverpool and that, that Liverpool and Spurs game was happening, which was a roller coaster of its own. Uh, we'll do a bit of Liverpool today. Obviously, they're involved in the Jude Bellingham saga, or were involved in the Jude Bellingham saga. We'll uh, talk about what's happened there, what's unfolded there, and all of the latest in a second. But we have our own story to start with on today's show, which surrounds Paris Saint-Germain forward, not Lionel Messi. We'll come to him in a little bit. Paris Saint-Germain forward, Neymar. Now, We've seen pro- protests, is that the right word? Outside his, outside his, uh, his residence in Paris, PSG from the outside looking in has always been a little bit of a, a, little bit of a mess. And now it's really starting to unfold. We're seeing Lionel Messi who's going to leave PSG in the summer. And could Neymar follow him out the door, Graham? Where are we with that? And would you like to introduce the latest Premier League club to potentially make a play for him? Yeah, it's looking increasingly likely that um, Paris Saint-Germain are going to pack company with Neymar, or they're willing to, should we say. He's under contract till 2025. Yeah, things are, as you say, Scott, things are turning sour. We saw the protest outside his house yesterday. Um, I think it was, might be the same protest group who were protesting Messi outside the stadium as well, but not a happy bunch, clearly. Neymar, it's been, he started quite well, but it's just been going a bit, it just hasn't quite worked, has it, the Neymar experiment there. He's done okay, 
Um, he scored the goals. It's probably not his fault that they haven't won the Champions League. I, don't, I think it'd be unfair to say it was just his fault, but obviously he was that marquee signing. And now we talk about marquee signings. It's our understanding, sources have told us, that Newcastle United's majority shareholders, PIF, have a real interest in bringing Neymar to the Premier League. This is a real thing. Newcastle, for me, I think is an ideal fit for him in some ways. They do want a left-sided forward. They want a marquee signing. They love Brazilians. This is a deal. Yeah, it wouldn't be a cheap deal. We're, we're being told PSG would want around 75, maybe a bit more, but spread over a certain amount of time. That's not nothing. Not, it sounds horrible, doesn't it? In Premier League terms, that's not much anymore, is it, guys? And, and for a team who are going to the Champions League like Newcastle, is thing. And we're told that PIF, they realise that getting into a Champions League, now in English football, is not easy. It really isn't. And even if they progress, they might not be in it next year. So they need to strike wide irons hot. And so this is something they're looking at, guys. Um, I was told, obviously, previously, Ronaldo was something that Piff were looking at. But they also, they won't force a player on Teddy Howe. They won't make them take a player. But in Neymar's case, he does tick a lot of boxes here. He's a marquee signing. It's a huge name. The, the love Brazilians in the northeast. We love Brazilians on tide side, especially now with Bruno Jolinton, two of the most popular players in the team, without a shadow of a doubt. You add Neymar to the mix, possibly. Um, so I think it's a really, really interesting um, potential move for Newcastle. Um, for me, someone I was talking to someone else and say, they likened it to maybe the Rubinho sign at City wasn't a success, but it really got the wheel going, didn't it? The, the roller coaster started then, and this, but this would be even bigger. You know, this would be huge. Of course, it's, it's fair to suggest as well. Obviously, we know that Neymar is one of the world's highest profile players, but in a in an age of the team is always, you know, the collective is, is kind of bigger. And with the money that he's on, the money he will cost, there are only a select few clubs that could even think about this, really. Uh, it's fair to say that, I don't know, it's fair to say that Barcelona have other priorities and they couldn't really do this and that's not really on the cards. Real Madrid have, have a very, very, very different transfer strategy. We'll get into that in a second. So where does he end up? Premier League or back in Brazil? You think I Newcastle think Premier got a chance here? Yeah, Premier League's a great chance. We are being told, guys, that Manchester City, Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea are being kept informed. I'm not saying they've shown an interest, but they are being kept informed of the situation by his representatives, as he, as he would be doing, letting them know the potential availability. And and yeah, and, and, and Newcastle are one of these teams and they have expressed an interest. Um, you know, when, when you first hear it, you think, wow, bit silly. But then when, when you think about it, it really it really could work. And, and I think the main thing here to remember, this is a position that Newcastle want. They wanted a left-sided forward. This was a target for the window. And so if he ticks that marquee signing as well, you know, and, and if you look back, you can look through some of the um, imagery, not just the fans protesting, but look back to the World Cup. You see him getting along with Bruno. The Bruno and him are quite, not, not, I'm not saying best friends, but you can see them getting on very well. I, I, think, I think this could be a really, really interesting one. As you write in your article, Graham, uh, which is out on 90min.com now, 90min.com forward slash talking transfers, uh, Newcastle know they can off- afford the deal but also believe they could offer Neymar a move to a club where he would be loved. And we know that Neymar is that kind of player. He really requires that love coming back. And obviously he's not really getting that in Paris at the moment. I think PSG fans probably have every right to, to look at that club and think this has been a very, very expensive project, which is now starting to unravel right in front of our eyes. 
and they probably need to change direction. Toby, uh, your take on this? Are there other? Nobody really jumps out to me. Like, and if, if Neymar's got to, or if Neymar is to leave PSG in the summer, there's only a handful. I think it's very, very achievable for Newcastle. I was, as you were talking, Graham. I was thinking this is a Robinho moment where nobody thought Robinho would join Manchester City from Real Madrid. Okay, Neymar's a bit older, but his profile is higher than what Robinho's was back then. I can only imagine he could go to Saudi Arabia, maybe, as his other option if he was to pocket the same amount of money that he's on now at PSG. Because we're saying Barcelona can't afford it, and they've got other priorities anyway with Messi. Real Madrid wouldn't do it. I don't think clubs in MLS, although they might have an interest in bringing Neymar over to America. I don't. He's think also thirty-one. He's, he's thirty-one, so he's not. It's not like he's thirty-five. You know. Yeah. He's going to want to go to that World Cup, guys, isn't he? That World Cup in America. He's really going to want to go there, isn't he? Well, he's got. You'd argue three, four years at least at the highest level. Yeah, I wouldn't say that he's going to go towards forty because he's had a string of injuries, as we know, and he does get a lot of niggles and knocks. But for Newcastle, I think this is a deal that could make perfect sense to take them to the next level. They're going to secure top four. Um, And we didn't think they were going to motor and go for a really high-profile signing until they'd achieved Champions League. And we didn't think that would come this soon. It is coming. Who better to take Newcastle to the next level and be able to attract other players as well? Because I think this is the other thing to consider. If Newcastle get Neymar, who else would look at that project and think, hmm, I fancy a bit of that. We must, of course, stress at this moment, this is an idea floated. Not, We're not saying that this is absolutely nailed on going to happen. We're not saying that it's mm-hmm. advanced. This is more a... This is a being presented as a real option. There's a willingness on the Newcastle ownership side to make this happen. Eddie Howe feels as though he can integrate a player like Neymar into the team that he's trying to build. There's a, like, as Graham says, there's a position that they need to fill, which he can potentially occupy. He adds the star value. He maybe maybe the only stumbling block I can really think of is the is is the the players' remuneration. Is that a challenge for Newcastle, Graham? Yes, obviously it's going to have to go on to another level. But the same said for Bruno. You know, Bruno's new next contract is going to take him to that next level as well. And when I say when you're fishing this pond, you're going to have to pay. If the players of this level, you're gonna to have to pay them. Bruno designed him on one level, but he's he's one of the best midfielders in the Premier League now. And to keep the likes of Real and Man City away from him, they are gonna to have to pay him as if he is one. So I think they realise they're moving on to that on to that next level now. Uh, they are they're gonna be a Champions League team. Who'd have thought it? And they're gonna to have to start signing these Champions League players. That that because that squad, it's the work that Eddie Howe has done with that team is remarkable. As I've said before, guys, I think the difference in Newcastle's squad from their best player to their worst player, I think, is the largest in the Premier League. I really do. And they know they're going to have to make a lot of signings this summer. You know, the, we already know they want that centre midfielder to go next to Bruno. They want a centre-half, a right-sided one as well. They're looking at right-backs. They, they need a left-back as well. There's going to be a lot of work done here. The other thing I just wanted to touch on was from PSG's point of view, this feels like the perfect time for a hard reset. Messi leaving, Neymar potentially going as well. This all plays into the hands of keeping Mbappe for longer than another year because, of course, Mbappe and Neymar, there's rumours that those two don't really get along, that Mbappe wants Neymar to leave. If PSG are going to look to sign kind of a young French nucleus, 
like we think Louis Campos wants. Now is the opportunity to try and shift Neymar on. And Graham, do you think they could even, I don't know, subsidise some wages to try and help this deal happen? Possibly. We do We do have that issue with Qatar and Saudi Arabia maybe negotiating here, which I, I think they've got over that now, really, following the World Cup and stuff. I think, I think in terms of the Premier League deal and TV being shown in these different countries and the piracy, I think we've got over that, really. Um possibly TC, you know, to get this deal done, they might they might take a lesser wage and it might take a lesser fee to get to push the wages through. Um because as Scott says, to pay a big sum for Neymar and pay his wages, everything point unless he's gonna to go to Saudi or even probably too much for the MLS, he's got to come to England. It, there's only so many teams who can do this. And then in the, and then in England, there's only a handful of teams he he would want to play for. Like you guys say, it does echo a little bit of Robinho. I know there's different stages of their careers, but Newcastle, I think probably achieving Champions League at least a year before they anticipated, mm-hmm. given all the drop-offs of the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, Spurs even, you could put, put in that conversation. So Newcastle really looking good for top four. I would be It would be a massive surprise now if they weren't to get it. But obviously, we've we've reported in the past of Newcastle wanted to continue building smartly and this kind of thing. But maybe over the past few weeks, you have one plan for Champions League. You have one plan if you don't. And the more closer you get to the Champions League, the more ambitious you can be. So we'll see how that unfolds. You can follow 90min on Twitter, Instagram, all of the socials, 90min underscore football. And obviously read the story, which should be out now on 90min.com and 90min.com forward slash talking transfers and also be on Graham's Twitter at Graham Bailey, Toby's Twitter, Toby underscore Cudworth and uh, at underscore Scott Saunders for me as well. But there's big stories everywhere we turn and we're going to move on to another one. Let's look at Jude Bellingham. Now we've reported on this for... Obviously, ever since Jude Bellingham chose to go to Dortmund in the first place, we know the story of him going to Manchester United, uh, seeing, being shown around, being, well, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wanted him. He chose Dortmund. The career choice was perfect. And now over the past few years or past couple of years, it's been a case of I will play wherever I want. We know that Liverpool, Manchester City and Real Madrid have been the front runners for this uh, he's still 19. He's 19, which is crazy. Still front runners uh, for this, but over the past few weeks, it's been a case of Jude Bellingham is going to decide where he wants to play his football. And it appears there is a decision that is Graham. Is, is it fair to say that he's made a decision now and it's just a case of Real Madrid thrashing out the deal with Dortmund? Where do we stand? Yeah, it came through um, after a meeting on Monday. Wani Calafat, Real's transfer chief, who, who's been on with talking to Bellingham since since he was 16. You know, he's been on with him to where he works. And Mark Bellingham, Jude's dad, there was a meeting in, in England over the weekend. Jude was in England watching his brother Job at Coventry, actually, at one point. They decided that Real is his next move. You know, Man City have made a, a massive play for him. They were confident. They thought they'd done enough. To be fair, neither side knew which way it was going to go. And it appears now from what we're learning from Real's end. Uh, we haven't heard from Dortmund yet, but again from a player that he's chosen Real. And um, a fascinating choice that he's made. 
Um, it was always the case. It's going to be very hard to turn down Real Madrid, and especially the way Real Madrid are now. No bigger team on the planet pushing for Champions League every season. But look at the the not the way, as you said, Scott alluded to before, the way they're working now in terms of transfers. Look at that young squad he's going to play with: Tushimani, Valverde, Endrick is coming in next year, Camavinga. It's it's just sensation, isn't it? It, it? You could they could really dominate. Vinny Junior, Rodrigo, you know. The exactly, they could they could easily become the best team on the planet, the best team we've ever seen. And so I think that's really what's tipped the balance here. And the chances are, you know, Erling Haaland's been talking to him about going to City. The chances are we're going to see Erling play next to Jude in Madrid within a couple of years. We know he's going to be playing Spain. He's going to be playing for Barcelona, Madrid within three or four years. That's why he's got the clauses in his contract. We know that. So fascinating. I, I love it. I love the fact he's going to Madrid. Um, I w- as a Premier League fan, I would like to see him say, but I think this is, I think this is the right decision for him. I really do. Yeah, we, we've uh, we've been on this podcast, haven't we, Toby? Saying this is the one. You know, Liverpool obviously from their end had a, an inkling that they thought they would be able to do it. We've that's been made no secret of <laughs> through various quarters. Uh, but obviously, Liverpool being out of the Champions League, maybe a miracle sees them get back in. But obviously, the putting up that money and doubling essentially doubling your transfer record on one player when you need three four players it's just it was never going to be a thing city the obviously the other choice but toby real madrid is just like like we say it's the biggest club in the world they've positioned themselves for the next 10 15 years with a squad that is capable already capable of challenging at the top i know they're in la liga this year they they're off it but every season they're going to have a it's either going to be them or barcelona winning the league They'll be in the conversation with the Champions League. And they've evolved their midfield from Casemiro, Luka Modric and Tony Kroos to the four players that Graham just mentioned there. That's some work, isn't it, in 12 months to have identified the players to bring in and then to have completed three of the deals. Um, and Bellingham now looking like he's going to be joining them. It seemed the obvious choice, I think, to all three of us. Um Jude Bellingham will come to the Premier League at some point in his career, I believe. But he's 19. He's got so many years ahead of him. Why would you not want to go to Real Madrid now when they've got this core of brilliant young talent there? Um, And he's going to be the first Englishman to go and play in Madrid since David Beckham left in 2007. I think it's nice for us to see one of our players go and play for Real Madrid more than anything and to go and test him at the biggest club in the world. Um, He can rock up at Manchester City or Liverpool later on in his career and we'll get to see plenty of him. But... This has always felt like the move um, to make. And it was just a case of what Real Madrid were going to prioritise. And I think Bellingham, the pros of bringing him in now, have obviously outweighed being able to resurrect interest in Mbappe or some other projects. Um, and I fact, think the fact they've got Endrick, Graham, as well as Vinicius Junior, Rodrigo's had a really good year, has shifted Real's emphasis to Bellingham rather than Mbappe, as I say, or anybody else. It'd be interesting to see, guys, what in terms of what happens to some of these big names. Modric is the one to look at here. He hasn't agreed his new contract. Tony Cruz has agreed a one-year. Benzema's agreed a one-year deal. We didn't even mention them too far. Um, shows how strong they are. But Luka Modric, you know, will we see his time at Madrid come to end? Keep an eye on him. It's quite possible that he might move on now. It's a bigger question here. Obviously, we mentioned the teams of like Man City, Real Madrid, uh, Liverpool, 
Real Madrid seem to have won out. It's just a case now, it, Graham. Just just to wrap up on this, it's just a case now of Real Madrid finding an agreement with Dortmund. Yeah, obviously we know that Dortmund have been demanding 150 million euros. It's going to be in that ballpark. We know that. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's just going to be in terms of really how much is a down payment. Remember, it's not a release clause. So Madrid can Madrid will want to spread this over as long a period as possible. Dortmund will want a big, huge upfront payment, etc. But yeah, and, and obviously the players' terms. I say with fine, I say a lot of people talk about City offered more, etc. etc. This was not about finances for Jude Bellingham. He had his pick a club where he was going to go. It's going to be a pretty similar deal wherever he goes. It was never about money for Jude Bellingham in this instance. I, and, and as people say, it's all very well him saying that because he had his literally his choice of every club in the world. But yeah, it wasn't about money. But yeah, they'll spread it over. Um, they are demanding 150 million euros. Will they? Will Real Madrid manage to negotiate? Maybe, but it's going to be in that ballpark, Scott, for sure. So the begs the question now, having, it's looking like Manchester City have missed out on him. It's looking like Liverpool will miss out on him. Toby, what, this, is it going to be a domino effect here? How is this going to affect what Man City do in the transfer market? I wouldn't say it's back to the drawing board for Man City because they've got a number of players they've been looking at. We've spoken at length that this summer could be a bit of a rebuild in the midfield. Um, Bernardo Silva is one player who we've reported again this week. Manchester City won't stand in his way if he wants to leave the club this summer, but they will look to extract full value if he does go. Um, sources telling us that could be around the £75 million mark. City aren't short of cash anyway. So missing out on Bellingham, okay, they've got money that they can invest in probably two, three players if they wanted to. Um, they're looking at Declan Rice as an option. They're looking at Mateo Kovacic. They've got Florian Verts that they like. Gabri Vega, who has every Premier League team watching him. Romeo Lavia, who's probably going to go down with Southampton. City have a buy-black clause that becomes active in 2024, worth 40 million, but they could move now to get the jump on other clubs who like him. And there's a loose interest in Alexis McAllister, who's playing a shining role for Brighton. So it's not as if... Pep Guardiola hasn't got some other options. It's just City now looking to prioritise. Now that Bellingham is off the cards or off the table, um, if he does sign with Real, who they go for first. Alexis McAllister, you mentioned there, Toby. Could another club steal a march there? Because it seems as though Liverpool have this idea in mind now to maybe do this one pretty quickly, Graham. Is that fair? If they can do it, that is. Yeah, that that is their plan. Talks are ongoing with Father Carlos. Um, he he said earlier last month, didn't he, that they hoped to have it done by the end of May. Liverpool are trying to get McAllister done now because 
of situations like this. Suddenly, man, he might is he on Manchester City's radar? Who better to play behind Alvarez, etc.? Um, they want to get it done before Tottenham's new manager comes to play. So what happens if Enrique ends up there and he wants him? Does Pochettino want him at Chelsea? It's Liverpool in a good position now. They've got the manager, they know what they're doing. Go and get him now. It makes sense that Liverpool are trying to get this one done early before the other teams get their everything set. You know, even United might have a sniff. You know, they need to, they're working to get this done quick, whether it works or not. And and remember, Liverpool have missed out on some players before for not getting done, deals done quickly. Chumani, a player who they love, they missed out on because mm, they messed around a little bit and Real swooped. So I think McAllister, Liverpool are trying to get this done now, guys. They, they would like to get this done this month. But whether 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 Carlos McAllister and his five and Alexis want to get it done early, they know the other options out there. It's a really interesting one. Well, Jude Bellingham to Liverpool was done, and now it isn't. Anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to. Uh... There's the clip. There's the clip. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to uh, Lionel Messi, Graham. Uh, back to PSG, or leaving PSG in this case is is Lionel Messi. We've said on this pod. Uh, over a number of months that Barcelona looks like the one. Uh, we know Barcelona want to do it. It's always a question of if Barcelona can do it. But Messi leaving PSG confirmed. I think we all knew it was going to happen anyway, Graham, but that that mm. is now effectively happening. And Lionel Messi has, is it fair to say, three options um, and one is favoured. Yeah, back to Barcelona. That's where he wants to go, guys. Talks are ongoing. He really, really wants to be at Barcelona. And he has the offer from Saudi Arabia to make him the richest player on the planet. Um, he always has the offer from Inter Miami as well, something he's looking to later. I think it's interesting we have to think about his age. He's 35 now. He's seeing Ronaldo go to Saudi at 37-38 and get the same money, or very similar. Messi can stay at Barcelona for another two years and get probably the same offer, if not more. If he goes to Barca, leads him to the Champions League, Dominate. He can get more with Saudi Arabia anyway if he wants to go. He really doesn't need the money. He wants to be back at Barcelona. Barcelona are trying really hard. It needs to be approved by La Liga, the deal. But the deal, we believe, is getting closer. Um, I think it'll be to 2025. But that's the reports we're hearing. That isn't confirmed, but that's what we're hearing to 2025. Probably with an option for another year. But, yeah, as we've alluded to, we, like a lot of people reporting that PSG thought he was staying in January that was never the case. And I think once once Barcelona, I think the World Cup really, Barcelona, don't get me wrong, Laporta wanted him before the World Cup, but that the World Cup just ticks so many boxes marketing-wise for Barcelona as well. He's at the top of his game. He's a favourite for the Ballon d'Or. So nobody at Barcelona can question Laporta. Why are you bringing him back? Well, he's about to win the Ballon d'Or. He's the best player in the world. Why shouldn't we bring him back? So there's no denying he's, a, he's still at the top of his game. So... Yeah, I, I don't see how he doesn't re-sign for Bar. It'd it, it be, it be a major upset now, a major upset, Scott, if he's not back. I was going to say Camp Nou. I need to learn the name of the new Spotify, stadium. Spotify Camp, Camp The Camp Olympic Camp. Stadium, I'll call it, yeah, for, for me. Just the, 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 the old Olympic Stadium, isn't it? So, yeah, he'll be playing next year at the Olympic Stadium. Uh, don't get don't get hopes up, Toby. The one in Barcelona, not in London. No, but, but Toby, it is, it's unfinished business here that, you know, the chapter was ended prematurely, wasn't it? And there's yeah. a, there's a, if there's any way to put the words Barcelona and romance together after how they behaved over the past couple of years, this is it. It's about the only romantic thing that Barcelona have done um, in the transfer market anyway, over the last 10 years or so. 
look, I think we've we've always known that Messi didn't want to leave in the first place and he wasn't going to leave. His relationship had broken down with him. Do you remember after the 8-2 humiliation with Bayern? But the following year it was repaired. It's only because Barcelona's finances were in such disarray that they couldn't put the new contract through that they were, they were going to give him and he had to go. And PSG, that move came about actually quite quickly, didn't it? It was kind of within two weeks of him leaving Barca that he was there. But he's always wanted to return. Barcelona, I think, would love to win another Champions League with Messi in their ranks. And if we were talking about any other player, age 35, we would say this is a short-sighted move because Barca have got lots of exciting, talented wingers in their early 20s. But we're not talking about any player. We're talking about the best player still. Age 35, and he's got at least another two or three years in the tank at the highest level. So it's going to happen. I can feel it. They're going to find a way to get it done. And um, they're really well set, aren't they, to to get back into the Champions League. They've won La Liga at a canter. They could compete next year with Messi back in their team. They could indeed. Is it the wisest move, maybe? I mean, Barcelona have... They have big desires. Obviously, we know their financial position. We know the levers that they've pulled. Uh, it's, it's a difficult situation that they find themselves in, but they somehow managed to dig themselves out of these holes. Whether they're digging themselves deeper is anyone's business. Uh, but they also want they, they want Bernardo Silva as well, Graham. To do uh, and as well, Ilkay Gundogan um, in that midfield, no Pe- Pedri Gavi. Um, but there's only, only so many slots available. Barcelona are going to have to sell here, guys. They really are. Frankie de Jong is a name who's going to come up. He's, the, he's the, the most sellable asset Barcelona currently have. But there's just literally going to be no room for him. If they get Gundogan in, he's not going there to sit on the bench. You could do that at City now. Bernardo Silva wouldn't be going to sit on the bench. There just simply isn't room for him. And with Gavi and Pedri, that is the future along with Lionel Messi, as we believe. So, uh, as good as De Jong is, and I love him, he's a great player, Barca can sell him and they won't be any worse off. They're, one, they're in a very fortunate position. Not many teams have the likes of Gavi and Pedri coming through anyway. So, I think he I think he will go, I do think. And and we know the, the, four, the four wingers, we are told, of the four wingers we've talked about previously, Rafinha, Ferran Torres, um, Dembele and Fati, at least two of them are going, if not three. Those will be going. Might not be the only people going from Barcelona either. I'm talking off the pitch now, though, because Aston Villa have pulled off an all-timer here. Uh, I looked at this when I when I saw it break, and I thought, what world are we living in now that Aston Villa have managed to poach the director of football from Barcelona who won the European Cup numerous times? Aston Villa have won the European Cup numerous times, but they're a mid-table Premier League club at present with, a, with big ambitions, aren't they? So it's important to analyse this and say, wow, Aston Villa are making moves. I'll come back to you, Graham. Yeah, what a lot of people need to remember, Nassef, Sawiri and Wes Edens are two of the most of the richest Premier League owners here. They really are investing. Unai Emery has come in. He's turned the, the they were almost in contention for a top four finish, Villa. If it, if the season had another month to run, they could have been pushing for a top four. It's been remarkable what Unai Emery has done there. He's a world-class manager. And now they're backing him off the pitch with world-class performance off the pitch. Matteo Alemani, hugely respected. Like John, he's, he literally, he, and, and the thing is, Scott, he had a year left. They've, they've, they've poached him from Barcelona. 
They haven't just like, gone for him because Barca wanted rid. He, he had a year left on his deal and they managed to persuade him to come over. And his contact book is as good. I, I, I can liken this to when Man City did their business, got, went and got Tixie, etc., and built the best off-field off club in the world. I liken it to that. I think it's an amazing capture for Aston Villa. And it's a very exciting summer ahead because we talked about Newcastle going marquee. Aston Villa going marquee as well. So... If I was you, if all these teams compete in top four, it's going to be an amazing summer. But Aston Villa, he's happy with the squad. He needs three, another three or four. But Aston Villa are going to back him. We're a West Ham fitting into all this, do we? <laughs> Hopeful to get a top half finish at this rate. Look, there's so many teams in the Premier League who have got money, who have got rich owners, as Graham says, the Villa owners. They're multi-billionaires, but we've never really thought as that with Aston Villa as a club who could compete with the top six financially, they could, they just didn't have the results on the field to indicate that they would do that um, and get any return for it. But as Graham says, Unai Emery, multiple time Europa League winner, has done an amazing job this season, turning around a team. Don't forget they were, what, a point or two above the relegation zone when they got rid of Steven Gerrard. Um, Emery's done a brilliant job, has managed some of the biggest and best clubs in the world. And is now taking Villa on an upward trajectory. Still, fair play to Villa for being able to poach this guy from Barcelona because he's used to be at Valencia. He's president of Mallorca for a, uh, a good stretch. The only thing I would say is that he's been at clubs that have had a lot of financial disarray um, over the years. Not to say that he's been directly responsible for that, but you'd be a little bit aware of his background. Yes, his contact book is extensive and I'm sure Villa fans can can look forward to targeting players that they thought were potentially unattainable. But just uh, just watch those finances and make sure that the books are uh, aligned. Could he be taking anyone to Villa Park with him, Graham? You, you mentioned a few names who were on the chopping block at Barcelona. Could Villa go in for a raid? Very much so. Ferran Torres, name we're already hearing. I wouldn't surprise if Ansu Fatty's name came up. Um, a player whose name is coming up, um, him, Yannick Carrasco, a player who Barcelona have got a first option on, but obviously unlikely to go through with. Um, but yeah, we're talking, the thing Villa fans will be very happy about, we're talking about that next calibre of player now. You know, if if Usman Dembele is available, it wouldn't surprise me if he's on there. You know, he's he, know, he knows the contract <laughs> situations of these lads. He knows what it's going to take to get them. Um, but Villa are going to be like Newcastle. They're going to be rubbing shoulders with likes of Man United, Man City, Chelsea. Yeah, they're rubbing shoulders with them now when it comes to players. We'll finish today's show uh, with Premier League leaders for <laughs> several, several match rounds. Uh, but now, as we speak, not currently top of the Premier League. Arsenal uh, mentioned Ferran Torres there, Graham. He is an option that Arsenal have been considering and it's emerged. We've reported this week, I believe on nightman.com and nightman.com forward slash talking transfers that there is Arsenal have identified the priority positions that they would like to strengthen. Uh, can you tell us what they are? Yeah, they are um, centre midfield. Um, they're looking at a defender as well. But it's more surprising. They want a winger and they're looking at right wingers, surprisingly. Um Two names who we talked about before, Rafinha, a player they tried to sign last gen- last summer. They love him, still like him if he's available. I don't think Rafinha will be available. We've seen him linked, um, especially if his agent Deco takes over from the aforementioned Alemani. 
he's not going to want to part companies with his own client. Although some people may say, well, yeah, he will sell him because he'll make more money, but he won't still be an agent at that point. Um, Rafinha, Torres, they, they did look at Torres in January, if you remember, as a potential before Trossard. They did look at him. And Torres, he's such a fabulous player. Remember, Arteta worked with him at Man City, which a lot of people forget about. We forget his spell at City, don't we? Um, but and, and then there is Moussa Diaby, a player we, we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, he was very strongly to Newcastle last summer and even in January before, from memory. Um, he's having a very good season now. He missed out on the French World Cup squad because Leverkusen had a bad start to the season. But this is a huge talent and Arsenal like him a lot. Newcastle still are still looking at him, but I think they want a left-sider, whereas Diaby's a right-sider. But one team to watch on this one, we're being told, guys, is Paris Saint-Germain want to bring Moussa Diaby back home again. Could help replace Neymar, could help replace Messi. Makes a lot of sense. He started at PSG, which people don't realise. And he's going to be a huge figure in, in the Bundesliga. A wonderful player. He's only 23. Huge talent. So don't be surprised. And he fits in probably with, Louis, with the Louis Campos thing, Scott, as you said. More of that player Toby, under the radar. Okay. And so Moussa Diaby, yeah, I think I, watch out for PSG with him. Big fit, and and the other name for one other name for Arsenal, who perhaps isn't first choice, but they do like. They've done a lot of work on him before, and is a, is a very good option on a free. Is Wilfred Zaha linked to Chelsea as well? I think it's clear that he's not first choice for some of these teams, but he's further down. First choice for Marseille, they would love him. Don't don't get me wrong, they would love him. Um, I still still think that's a very strong option. Will he go to Arsenal and battle for his place? It's a possibility. You said there, Graham, that you were perhaps a touch surprised that Arsenal were going for a winger. I look at this and think, is Mikel Arteta trying to position his squads to kind of mirror what City are doing in terms of their shape? So Arsenal mm-hmm. have played 4-3-3 for most of the season. In theory, they could play a variation of this 3-2-4-1 that we've seen from City in recent weeks. I think Bakayo Saka could come in field to that kind of Kevin De Bruyne role where they're in the, the half space, so to speak. They've got three good centre-backs in Ben White, William Saliba, Gabriel. So they bring in another one. That's four good centre-backs. Right, White, sorry, can obviously cover a right back. He's proven that throughout this season. Zinchenko slots into midfield in that kind of pivot. And then Arsenal have got an extra attacking option. We don't know what the long-term future holds for Granit Xhaka. I just wonder if Arteta's looking at how he can evolve this team and maybe get away from playing 4-3-3. And Torres, uh, he would fit in. He play, can play in multiple positions, centre-forward. He can play on the wing. Diaby, obviously, a really good winger. I think it could unlock Saka, who's had a fantastic season, but at times is stuck on that right-hand side when I think he could actually influence the game a little more in field. And I do wonder if that's what Arteta's looking at. How can we mix things up? How can we vary our formations and our tactics so that we're not maybe so predictable moving forward. Definitely. I do think, and forward is something they're looking at as well. Um, don't think they'll go as high as a Vlaovic, but we still like him. But um, a number nine is, is something looking at and um, someone like a, maybe Jonathan David we've heard on the radar as well. But it's, it's a lot of money to be spent. Um, it could depend on which midfielder they get access because Declan Rice, as we know, Toby is their primary target. Um a hundred million pounds is the asking price as, as we stand. So, um, yeah, we're looking. At, I think it's fair to say we are looking to look at a, a record breaking summer and a massive record breaking summer in the Premier League. Well, plenty to look forward to then. We've just named 
eight or nine teams probably that are trying to compete for what will be. I think it's going to be five places next season in the Champions League. Oh, you the, said that. Yeah, the yeah. UEFA, the UEFA, uh, the Premier League at top of the UEFA coefficient. So I think they will get an extra position in the Champions League the season after next season. So potentially five places that they're playing for. But a lot of teams trying to fit into those positions, those places. Uh, and we haven't even really talked about Chelsea that much today, have we? Can't believe no. it. We did an entire Talking Transfers episode not talking about Chelsea. Anyway, uh, I'm sure we will next week. Uh, we'll be back uh, for another edition of Talking Transfers then. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, from me, Scott Saunders, at Scott Saunders on Twitter. Toby, at Toby, un- at Toby underscore Cudworth, and at Graham Bailey for all the latest transfer news. 90min.com and 90min.com forward slash Talking Transfers is where you can find all of the latest stories that we've talked about today. And also subscribe on all your major podcast platforms to the Talking Transfers show. Spotify, Apple, etc., etc. Wherever you get your podcasts, go and get them and subscribe to us. We'll see you soon, everyone. Thank you very much for listening and we'll be back soon.